it is the Dean Luggy Show here on the various platforms, I guess you could say, uh, on Dog Post. You got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'll have this up on the um, podcast channel here soon. If you're not a member of Dog Post, you should be. D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T dot com. There's going to be a lot of interesting things coming out tomorrow on Dog Post. Uh, very long um, written uh, explanation of a lot of the stuff that happened in the 2015 season. Uh, this has been something that people at uh, Dog Post have been asking about for a long time, and they're about to get it. So if you were wondering what happened uh, in the final days, uh, the final months of Mark Rick's career at Georgia, uh, tomorrow's going to be the Dog Post going to be a place for you to find a lot of that out. If you've got questions, uh, I'll do my best to answer them. Uh, this past week has been a busy one. Uh, we've got uh, news of recruiting coming up here in the next couple of days at Georgia uh, that should go, you would think, in Georgia's way. But um, I haven't been on Facebook in some time. Uh, there's a lot of explanation for that, but uh, we'll get that into that some other time. So welcome to everyone who's going to watch this one way or the other on Facebook. And everybody on Instagram, uh, welcome as well. Again, if you have questions, let me know. So Last week at uh, Media Days, not a lot that happened until Georgia left. Uh, the Bulldogs were picked uh, to win the uh, SEC East and then uh, to finish second to Alabama in the championship game. I'm trying to remember the last time Alabama was not picked to win the league. So it's been some time, and so Georgia will be the primary team that uh, the Tide will go against, according to those of us in the media. I took Georgia first in the division. Uh, and I, I, my voting was very, very similar <clears throat> to the SEC media contingent. I've been doing that. That's my 18th media day, so a lot of that. Um, you know, then Aaron Murray uh, said what he said about Jeremy Pruitt. And uh, that set off a firestorm. And that sort of uh, uh, got in front of something I've been working on for a very long time, which is sort of the back end of what happened in 2015. And a lot of the subscribers at Dog Post um, have always wondered sort of what happened. And a lot of what we were talking about at the time uh, did, everything that we were worried about did happen. It was a disaster. And uh, I've talked to, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and count, but I think it's more than a dozen people who are either administrators uh, working for Georgia, they were on the team or they were coaches at the time. And um, uh, everything is on background, which means I don't use their name. Um, I won't tell the folks I've talked with um, who else I've talked with because that's just not what you do. But it is sort of the explanation of how the 2015 season broke down. But I don't want to focus on that too much. Just go to uh, Dog Post tomorrow check it out if you're not a member of dog post it's one dollar for a month maybe you should very seriously consider that d-a-w-g-p-o-s-t.com a few questions the usual ones about recruiting and uh trayvon walker getting ready to uh, make his decision it would be surprising to me if he doesn't pick georgia uh, there's a lot of different reasons for that Earlier in the year, um, there was a lot of discussion that Clemson was doing well with Walker, but now it seems like Georgia's number one um, 
competition, it might be South Carolina, but I think the big thing is, um, from what I've gathered through the months um, here with Walker, is that Georgia's probably the team to beat. It's not going to be easy for um, the the recruitment. Probably won't be totally over. Um, It seems like none of these ever are. But that uh, Georgia has the capability of adding a very high level player um, on Tuesday. We'll we'll see what happens. But Georgia's certainly favored going into it. There's some question about Trey Scott, how important this is for him. Well, adding high-level players is certainly much better than losing them. And um, if you look at, you know, Trey Scott, I, I kind of can't tell if if um, this is all based on recruiting or if people are unhappy with the way that the defensive line played this past year. I'd say the defensive line played pretty well for the bulk of the time. The question is, moving forward, you know, the reason why Tracy Rocker was not retained was for recruiting. And, um, you know, defensive line recruiting at Georgia has not been at the level that the other positions have been. Excuse me, if you look at running back, if you look at quarterback, if you look at offensive linemen, if you look at tight ends, you know, or receivers here lately, five stars, are not uncommon, generally speaking, at all these positions. So what's going on in the defensive line? Why isn't Georgia getting, you know, sort of who people want to get? Well, the short answer is it's not always that easy. I mean, that's simplifying recruiting in a major way. One of the guys that um, Scott, I think people expected for him to get was a kid from North Carolina. He had been a coach in North Carolina at Carolina. And they just sort of connected the dots and said, well, why isn't this working? But you still have about five and a half months until the first signing day. If you get Walker, who is kind of a jumbo athlete, really more than anything else, he's a heck of a basketball player. Um, If you get him, you know, then everything sort of changes. I remember thinking, I don't think it was, well, it was a little bit before this time uh, last year. What is Georgia going to do at quarterback? And Justin Fields, you got, you know, you heard the back channel that Justin Fields was very possible uh, to Georgia, but it wasn't done. Um, and then eventually in October, he pulled the trigger and picked the dogs. Trevor Lawrence had already gone to Clemson. So Georgia really, after signing two five-star kids, it didn't look like, it didn't make sense for them to sign another quality quarterback, nevertheless, a five-star one. Well, that's what they did. So sometimes this is about just time. And um, I'm not an excuse maker for coaching staffs or administrators or anything like that, but it's very possible that in this instance, um, you know, if, you, if you're starting to add players level of uh, Walker from Upson Lee, you know, then you're starting to check out all the bo- check the boxes that you need to check. Um, and I, I don't, I, I haven't gotten any impression that Scott was in trouble with Kirby in any way, but I, you know. I don't have a bunch of phone calls with Kirby Smart anyway. So that's just me. There were some questions about the linebackers at Georgia. Here's what I think about the linebackers. You've got a lot of good players, but I think the older guys who have been around for some time, Jawan Taylor and guys like that, this is their last chance. They're not just going to give up their spot. So, you know, if if the younger kids who are, are good, I mean, and, and by the way, <clears throat> It's not just 
the younger, I mean, it's not just kids who just signed. Um, there's plenty of kids in that linebacker group that, I mean, Monty Rice didn't just sign, but it's going to be tough to me to keep Monty Rice off the field on the inside. So um, I, I think that every position at Georgia right now, literally every position quarterback, has got some sort of competition. It might not be about who's starting or, you know, but it's certainly about playing time. And, um, you know, you know, Kirby confirmed this week that uh, at Media Days that Justin would play this year. I'm assuming he means Justin Fields by second team uh, quarter, quarterback. But, uh Every spot across the board, I mean, is Demetrius Robertson going to be playing this fall? They are trying to get him eligible. I can assure you of that. Kirby and them are saying, well, we're out of it. Well, that, that, that's true. They're out of it. But I can assure you that they are totally um, wanting, you know, they are totally wanting Demetrius to play. And he gives them another burst of speed. The thing about the situation right now at Georgia is that if you just look globally at every single position, you have high-level players pretty much across the board. Punter, and I think punter is a situation where you're going to need to figure out what you're doing at punter. You know, you've got, you brought in a, a junior, a, a graduate transfer. You know, in theory, you've got the kid from Norcross. Uh, you still have Marshall Long, who has been dealing with injuries seemingly his entire time at Georgia. So you've got to figure out your punter. But other than that, I mean, you have the ability to play too deep probably at both offensive tackles. Your interior offensive line is returning you know, a center who is a national award semifinalist already. Or on the watch list, whatever they want to call it. Uh, you've got plenty of guard bodies. The linebackers. The question isn't, are they good enough? It's, it's who is it going to be? Maybe in the secondary, where you're getting an All SEC preseason guy in J.R. Reed. I mean, probably one of the best players in the league at De with DeAndre Baker. You just there's not a lot of spots where there's oh there's a huge hole. No. They have effectively recruited in a way that, you know, Jordan, Kirby and them deserve a lot of credit for the way in which they have meticulously added to the roster with guys that can help. Here's a question from Instagram. Uh, how good uh, do you think Monty Rice will be this year? I love Monty Rice. I thought he was underrated. I wrote that on signing day of 2016, I guess it was, or whenever it was. I can't remember. But, you know, he makes a lot of plays. He's a big old physical kid. Makes a lot of plays with the ball in the air. I love him. I, I think he's great. And um, I th I don't know if he'll start, but my guess is he'll play a lot. And he's not going to be Roquan, but he'll be a very good player for them. Here's a question from Twitter. Could Georgia use some of their extra scholarships next year? They're not going to do that. They're burning them. They're getting them in there and burning them. I mean, they have one scholarship right now that they can apply for this season. So if there's a kid out there that is just floating around, maybe, I guess, a defensive lineman. You've already added a defensive lineman on scholarship, a transfer from Notre Dame. You know, could you be 
Could you think about giving a scholarship to, you know, I don't, I don't know, but they're not going to hold scholarships if guys aren't going to play. I mean, this is the truth. If guys are not going to play, they're not going to be at Georgia. So um, I, I expect them to burn that scholarship one way or the other, the way that they did with the kill Crompton going into the, what was that? This, this past season? I think it was. They're just not going to, they're just not going to let it slide. They're going to fill it up. They're one under right now by my math. You know, that's what they're going to do. Here's a question I do not know the answer to off the top of my head, which is who replaced Aaron Field in the strength and conditioning department. Um, and he went to Oregon. I can't remember who replaced him. He was, he was well thought of in the industry. I'm high on DeAndre Walker. What do you think? I love DeAndre. I think that he plays with passion. He's got to control himself. That's up to him, and that's up to his development. So that means the coaches are responsible for it too, but it's, it's up to him. I think he's got a very good pass rush. I think we all know that. Um, you know, DeAndre, DeAndre has, I think he's grown up a lot. And I think that um, some guys, they get there and they're ready to, um, to play right away. They're mature. Um, some guys, takes them a while to learn how to ride the buses at Georgia and you know everything is just slammed they're constantly nothing comes easy football school whatever but with DeAndre you know he's had two really good players in front of him for a long time at Georgia and um, you know Davin and Lorenzo I mean Lorenzo took off these last couple of years and and Davin had very good years too but but Lorenzo really took off. So the question is with Dav with excuse me with DeAndre Walker as well as uh, Walter Grant, you know you're swapping out two very good defensive pass rushers for two really good pass rushers. Can the guys set the edge on the outside? You know you, that's that's my only question about the outside linebackers, and the answer might be yes. But that's the only question that sort of comes to mind to me immediately. So it's, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a ton of questions. There are like little questions. How and when do you use Justin Fields? You know, I would be hesitant to take Jake Fromm out of the game ever. Uh, just because, not because he's like some total badass, but really more than anything, it's things really function with him in there. And... Um, once you start taking him out of there or you put Miko or Sony, who's gone now, in the Wildcat, there's got to be an explanation. So if you're putting Justin Fields in the game, that means, it's very simple, that means that at that moment you think that he's giving you a better chance to score than Jake Fromm. Well, physically, he's, he has a better arm. He is obviously physically larger. He's a better runner, although Jake Fromm is a pretty good runner, I have to say. So you have a sort of special situation there where do you really want to take Fromm out and how often? But they are going to take Fromm out. They're going to put Justin in there, and he's going to go play. Having watched recruiting for almost 20 years, excuse me, you know, Justin Fields has a lot of measurables that other guys have not had. Uh, in terms of physicality, 
Um, pa patience in the pocket is, I think, that's something that people don't realize that Justin has. I think, just being blunt, I think people say he's a black quarterback, he's going to go run. Well, <laughs> that's naive on one sense, and it also doesn't pay attention to what Justin does really well, which is he's got both hands on the pocket, uh, on the ball, moving in the pocket, and uh, he really, he really is aware in the pocket. So. I like Justin Fields. I think he's a smaller version of Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton's a total freak, a big old guy, has always been big and has been, you know, has a rocket arm and all this stuff too. Justin doesn't have some of the questionable things that Cam, I mean, Cam uh, was an interesting character. I only covered him a little bit, but he was interesting from the get-go and that has not changed since. But he's a hell of a player, and if you're Justin Fields and you can approach Cam Newton, that'd be great. A little late to the party, so sorry if already asked, I think, as, as IAP. I don't know what that means. But feeling good about uh, Walker's Tuesday commitment. So we would be surprised at Dog Post a little bit if, if he did not pick Georgia. From Fields' situation remind you of Green Shockley. So Shockley's not a big guy. And, Shock, and Shockley's not as gifted as Fields. I mean, Fields is very gifted. Shock was a, you know, and, and I think it's going to be, we're going to have to see how Justin develops in terms of leadership and stuff like that. I mean, guys believed in DJ for sure, and they believed in David. And there were times, you know, DJ saved them in 2002 against Clemson in, uh, in, in Athens. They, he really played well. David did not. Um, those two um, you know, having covered them for the four years they were there together, they had a very good relationship. I have no idea in any way about the relationship between Fromm and Fields, but I'm sure it's very competitive. And I think that um, Jake Fromm, there's plenty of things he can't do that Justin Fields can, but Fromm has, has done it before. So there's no reason to say, let's pull the kid out of there just because someone else um, is more physically gifted. If Kirby had gone to South Carolina, uh, what would his year two have looked like? Uh, year two, I don't know. I think Will Muschamp's done about as good a job as you can do at South Carolina so far. I mean, it that's that is a tough job. It shows how good a coach Steve Spurrier was and is. He just got. It's got burnt out at the end. They went three and nine. So it got really bad for Spurrier. But, it, you know, it that really was, you know, South Carolina is a very difficult job. I played college, I played college basketball in South Carolina. I know the Gamecocks well. It's, uh, it's not an easy job. And with Clemson rolling, really, really tough. But I think Will Muschamp has done a hell of a job there. I think DeAndre Swift will kill it this year, best back in the SEC. He's very good. He's very good. The kid of Kentucky is very good and hard to deal with. If he were at Georgia, you know, it'd almost be lights out. But um, there are a lot of good backs in the SEC. Zamir is going to be someone that people remember for sure. And Georgia's got, you know, a lot of options at running back. And I, you know, after listening to Kirby this week, I'm pretty sure they're all going to play in some fashion. It, it may be on special teams with James Cook. 
Uh, maybe for Zamir, probably not, but um, I think they'll all play. So other questions about injury. Um, I, I don't see David Wilson coming back to play. Not after getting a red, not after getting an ACL at the beginning of the season. Now, you know, late in December, do you play him because you don't, you know, because you could still redshirt him in theory? Maybe you do, but that's really an accelerated schedule getting back from an ACL. And ACL is still a serious injury that takes months to deal with. Any updates on Demetrius Robertson's appeal? I have uh, missed on one story in my entire life. And that was a story about the NCAA and A.J. Green. That was eight years ago now. Uh, I'm not saying I don't do any reporting about what the NCAA does or does not do, but I kind of try to stay away from it because it's just so uh, not predictable and you can't trust people you normally can trust because the people in Athens don't really have control over it. And until they can announce it, I'm just, I try, I learned my lesson almost 10 years ago. I just don't mess with it. Um, I think there's a, I will say this, I think there's a, uh, there's a very good chance that he, well, very good chance. Let me, let me, they've got a 50-50 shot or so to get him to play. I, I don't think that it's outrageous to say that Demetrius would play. Let's see. Do you think that South Carolina is a legit threat in the East? I think they can beat Georgia and Columbia. I'm just not sure that they could. I mean, South Carolina's best season ever, I think, in the league is six and two. I think they're going to lose more than two games. And I don't think Georgia will. So I think if Georgia loses the one game in South Carolina, that's probably going to be it for them. I mean, if you, if you look at South Carolina's schedule, they, the usual suspects are there. Um, with Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, they got Texas A&M every year. I mean, it's just not an ideal um, setup. You know, Georgia, if they don't beat Georgia, they will not win the East. They play at Kentucky, at Vanderbilt. They have not beaten Kentucky in four years. Um, you know, I think they'll they'll sort of routine Vanderbilt, but they barely, I think they barely beat them last year or the year before that, one of the two. Uh, Texas A&M at home, they haven't beaten Texas A&M yet. You know, they, they host Tennessee the, the day that the Dogs play the Gators. You know, I don't think they'll lose to Ole Miss, and they go to Florida, a team that they have done pretty well against. I think it's, I think it's a little too rough to me. And I don't think, I mean, someone here is getting kind of fired up about I, I don't think that, that Georgia will lose to South Carolina. And obviously at that stage, You'd need Georgia to lose twice, and you'd have to keep it perfect. And that's just—I just don't see it for for South Carolina. But I—but I, again, now two things can be true at the same time. I think Will Muschamp's done a very good job there. It's just that he's run into a Georgia team that has been good, um, has been great one year, and a Clemson program that has been great two years that he's been there. So we'll just see what happens. So, any additions to fall coverage from your team this fall? Periscope shows are the same. No, go to dogpost.com right now, uh, dawgpost.com, and sign up. So, what's going to happen this fall? And if you're on dogpost, there's there's um, 
there's a schedule listing of everything from Monday through Sunday. Um, and we will have these sorts of chats as well as the exclusive chats on dog post every Thursday night at 830, uh, a text-based chat, which is really very good. If you're not a member of dog post, no, there, no one else has this out there. So, uh, you're missing out for sure. Um, and then we're going to have big stories at the beginning of the uh, week, like you'll see tomorrow. I don't, I, I need to, uh, finish up what I've done, uh, before I write before I send it out there. But, um, yeah, the text, the text chats are great. Um, Matt DeBerry is, uh, going to be dealing with recruiting on the daily basis. Dylan Weber will be, um, dealing with team every single day. So we will have uh, a lot of content up and it will be content that there, there, I mean, people that cover Georgia do a good job, but dog post is not going to, um, I mean, we're going to give you something that you can't get elsewhere. That's the whole point. So, um, you know, that, that's why I would be a member of dog post is someone's asking me here to give them a little about the 2015 season. Well, that's a good example of what will be on the, the site tomorrow. So it talks about Jeremy Pruitt, you know, some of the stuff that went on with Jeremy Pruitt. Um, I think I think the Pruitt thing is a little more, um, or is a little less about Pruitt and Rick than people realize. I mean, I, that was, that's, everybody kind of is, doesn't understand that, um, you know, Jeremy didn't do it the right way. He, he didn't. He didn't know how to talk to people. I mean, he had a hard time. Um, he made a lot of enemies. The way, he was, the way he was going about doing things was, was not ideal, I guess you could say. And the way you talk with people and to people, really, it matters. But his intent was correct. He just didn't know how to spell it out. And the truth was that Mark um, really didn't provide the leadership he could have um, led along the way. And that's what I write about. Um, there are no, it's not black and white. It's, uh, there's a lot of gray that happened in the 2015 season. And a lot of things that were allowed to sort of left to be ch to chance that I don't think would have been left to chance had Mike Bobo still been around. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer, I, he was absolutely shit on by everybody that I talked to, and then it's a lot of people, not so much the administrators, but the players, they could not stand them. I thought it was bad. Here's another question about Zamir White. I feel like I, t I don't have a problem answering the question. I don't, I mean, I have not heard anything negative about Zamir in some time, but we're getting close to the time where it's, you know, it's time to either do it or not. And it's gonna be what happens when Zamir gets out there on the practice field. And, and there's no way for me to tell you or know um, what it's going to be like for Zamir. That's, that's totally, um, well, it's an unknown thing right now. It's a known unknown. Which true freshman will make the biggest impact this year? Well, Zamir certainly could. Certainly, uh, Justin Fields could. I mean, you got to think about it. There could be packages in overtime games where Justin Fields makes a play just because he's in that particular situation. You have a very similar situation to the Chris Leak, Tim Tebow a phenomenon in 2006 that was the Florida Gators. Um, I just, I think Brent Cox is a hell of a player. I think he's probably three years and done. 
I think he's got some development to do, but um, he is going to be noticed for sure. Someone's asking me an inside baseball question here, and then we're going to get off here. Uh, they're asking me, are you going to wear knee pads this year? I do not. I'm a photographer. Um, I, do, I do not use knee pads, and it's not because I'm vain. It's just because um, I just have never felt like I need to. So we're going to do these chats every uh, Sunday night. If you're, I, I really would encourage you to go to Dog Post tomorrow, certainly by 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And um, do that, and you'll be able to read one, the first of a series of, you know, stories. Alright, Dean Leggy show signing off for the night. Go to dogpost.com, D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T.com right now. Thanks for joining me.